Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome to the Russ Podcast. Coming up today, yes, we're going to be talking to Armstrong Williams. Yes, he's a conservative um, author and, of course, columnist and broadcaster and the whole nine. And I, I want to have him on because I interviewed him about a year ago, right after the insurrection on January 6th. And uh, I want to revisit it with him and get his take on actually what has changed. What have we learned? How do you feel about your party? And they're obstructing information. We're going to ask all that stuff. Also today, we're going to be talking to the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. Yes, and of course, Kamala uh, is going to talk about the Build Back Better plan. A lot of y'all don't realize that there's stuff in there that can be a benefit to you and your children. So, you know, put yourself in your children's shoes just for a minute, okay? And um, think about what you're going to do. Better yet, research it. That's what you have to do. Also, a little bit later on, we're going to rant. Yes, I'm going to rant about some stuff that uh, pisses me off. You know, and that's just what I do here. Whenever something pisses me off, I just, you know, I just rant about it. You may not agree with me. Make sure you guys, you can hit me at uh, Instagram at Russ Parr Show or Twitter at Russ Parr Show. Leave your comments. But we really appreciate you uh, you joining us on this uh, Russ Parrcast. That's really important to us. Anyway, uh, yes, up first, we're going to be talking to Armstrong Williams. So let's go. His name is Armstrong Williams, probably one of the uh, brighter guys in the Republican Party. Well, Maybe not brighter, but definitely uh, one of the guys in the Republican Party. Um, <laughs> I'm just playing with you, Armstrong Williams. Armstrong is uh, uh, one of those kind of guys that is fair. And I, I like to have him on because we don't agree on everything. And I think it's important that we're not monolithic in our thinking and that we can't have people that oppose our point of views. So that's why I've always uh, uh, been delighted to have him on. Uh, we just passed the one-year anniversary of the insurrection on January 6th. One of the most compelling interviews that we did last year was with Armstrong Williams, who was there, who was swept into uh, the Capitol and um, basically just did some incredible reporting. And I wanted to have you back on uh, after the one-year anniversary to talk about basically what happened then and where are we going to go now can you refresh everybody your situation that particular day on January 6th? Um, well, you know, we, we were there. We we saw them pummel law enforcement officers. We saw them spray them with, um, with the fire extinguishers. We saw them beat them with the fire extinguishers. We saw blood. We saw them try to take down the American flag and put up the Confederate flag. Um uh, and just, you know, it was so surreal. It was so shocking watching it unfold to see what people could become in a matter of seconds. And it was clearly to me that it was an inside job because clearly there were people there from the military giving signals. They knew exactly where they were going. They had the layout of the place. Um, mm-hmm. And there is no question in my mind if they had found 
Pence or Pelosi uh, in that building, the mm. outcome would not have been good. Oh, man. I got to ask you, um, in hindsight, with all this, the January 6th uh, committee that is trying to investigate this, there are a lot of people, conservative natures, and, and people that are in, up on Capitol Hill, they're saying, like, man, let's just let this go. I mean, it was just a blip. You know, it was just a peaceful protest. You know, they just had a bad day. Should should they stop the, the investigation? Should just leave it alone and just chalk it up to something that happened in America one day? No, I, I do think they should find out why it happened and how so many people are able to gain access to the U.S. Capitol without any security perimeters, without any magnetometers, how people were able to get ropes uh, and other devices to scale the Capitol. I, I just think that you need to dig deeper because I do believe that law enforcement and members of Congress were involved and it needs mm-hmm. to be investigated just to make sure that it doesn't happen again. You just got to call the state to state. Something like that should not have happened. And if members of Congress were a part of it, then they should suffer the consequences. It's all about why it happened. Because mm-hmm. listen, they just did not waltz in that Capitol. It was organized. Someone allowed them in. They knew exactly what was probably going to end up happening once they were inside. So you got to start with the people who had command of that building that day that allowed something like this to happen. Because I mean, I mean, Russ, think about this. There were always intelligence reports saying what was going to happen. It was on the internet. It was on Facebook. It was everywhere. It's not as if they were surprised and caught off guard. There's just no way. You want to know who was involved and why did it happen? America deserves to know that. I'm glad you said that because I didn't expect you to. Because it's people died as a result of that day. People died on that day. People didn't wake up and say, I'm going to a peaceful protest and I'm not going to live to, to see the, the sun go down. And that's what troubles me. And what we're starting to find now a year later, is you got a lot of these folks that were there that are on video. They have arrested. And a lot of them are recanting their position saying, I got caught up in a moment. I didn't know what I was doing. Do you think that a lot of those folks, I know you can't get in their mind, but do you think they believe oh, no, that? No, 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 it's true. There's no question that's true because remember, yeah. we were with them since 7 o'clock that morning from Union Station mm-hmm. to the to the, um, the lips of the White House and we were standing outside the Capitol, on the Capitol grounds, on the steps. Everybody was peaceful. Everybody was having fun. It was a peaceful protest. There was no question about that. And all of a sudden, Someone yelled out, uh, Vice President Pence is going to certify the elections. And when someone yelled that out, no, it was a tweet. A tweet went out on our phone right. that Pence was going to certify the elections. That's when everything changed. I'm telling you, most of the people there had no idea what the outcome would be. And that's when people, that no question, with the military and with the bear spray on their back and with the other devices that they had started organizing, they saw it as a moment. And they started pushing the door down, pushing and pushing between the Capitol Hill police and the protesters. And it just became, it became mayhem and chaotic. No, these people, when they got inside that building, they were just, somebody just took over their mind. There's yeah. no question about that. Yeah. Yeah, no question. So do you, do you believe that Trump, you know, you bear some responsibility in inciting a crowd. I'm not sure how criminal that is or whether he'll do any criminal time, but do, do you believe that a lot of these people that acted on his behalf are extremely disappointed in him because it's been alleged that he has raised funds, he's raised money at the behest of the insurrectionists, 
and has not contributed any money to their defense funds and so on and so forth. Are you hearing that these people are just truly dismayed and just shocked that they did this for this guy who really hasn't done anything for them? Well, it is it, it is pretty cold and brutal, isn't it? Yes. Um, but th- that's basically, uh, they're just useful tools, useful idiots for a cause, and they allow themselves to buy into this propaganda. But you know what? Say whatever you want to say about Trump. If it had been the White House, that would have been one thing. Trump does not hold and control what goes in the, on in the United States Capitol. Those members of Congress, and I'm going to say this again, and law enforcement that are responsible for protecting the United States Capitol should be held responsible for what happened there. Because I'm telling you, um, they were coming in from all sides, Russ, all sides. Mm-hmm. And there were thousands of people inside inside that U.S. Capitol. And so we just want to find out what went wrong, who organized it, because you could tell they knew exactly where to go, mm-hmm. the open perimeters to let people in. You could see that they were running to let people in different perimeters. They knew exactly where to go. You want to get to the bottom of that. And and, and just to refresh everybody, which when I- – what I found fascinating when we interviewed you last year after insurrection, you were describing um, what it's like. It's like a maze in the Capitol. You just, you've been going there for years and you still have to ask for directions to get to certain places. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. I get lost all the time. And I'm a, it's true. They had maps, man. They had maps. They had diagrams. I'm glad you mentioned that. They, They had that. Okay. Yes, they did. There's no question they knew exactly where to go and where the soft spots were. They knew. Mm. That just does not happen. I would like to know who organized it. And I think they know, but it's just a matter of proving it. And this this committee can only recommend charges of, of a crime. They can't convict anybody of anything, which finds, you know, which kind of blows me away that people are going out of their way, like General Flynn and Jim Jordan and, and Trump, to keep people from seeing their phone records. Don't yeah, they have access to, don't they have access to, to those phone records anyway? Yeah, that's exactly right. You have to understand a lot of people feel feel betrayed. They're sharing information that they did not think they would share before. We have no idea how this is gonna play out, but it should play out until we get to the bottom of it. Okay, it should play out. We deserve to know. Absolutely. Armstrong, hold on one second. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back and find out who was really in that audience. On January 6th, storming our capital. It's the new year. You want it to be a better year. You want to get things better in your life. You want to set some goals for yourself. And maybe one of your goals happens to be your daily mental health. You know, I have a lot of friends that, that call me and want to talk from time to time because, you know, they're, they're bummed out. And a lot of times they really need to talk to a, a professional, but they call me. And I say, you know what? I got something better for you. Talkspace.com. They have trained therapists there that can actually talk to you. Heck, I deal with uh, stress and anxiety now and again, and sometimes you need somebody you can talk to. Talkspace.com is perfect. It really is. Because what they do, they set you up with a therapist, and you get a private virtual room, which is you and your therapist. You can send messages 24-7, get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for a weekly appointment. Talkspace.com is just an incredible way to reach out to somebody that can be pretty objective and that is trained to be able to help you deal with some of the woes in life. I know our lives have changed in the last couple of years, and sometimes these changes are hard to adapt to. And that's why Talkspace.com might be a great place to go. Make your mental health more than just another New Year's resolution with Talkspace. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code Russ Parr at sign up. 
That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code Russ Parr. Welcome back to the Russ Podcast. We're talking to Armstrong Williams, who's a conservative uh, com- a columnist and also a broadcaster and the whole nine. And, um, you know, one of the things that far right media, uh, people that not necessarily share your point of view, but have you the same ideology, uh, they claim that Black Lives Matter and Antifa were the ones that were storming the Capitol on January 6th. Is, is that true? <laughs> no, absolutely, unequivocally no. Of course, a lot of people that share a lot of your political views would be very disappointed that you would say this. And I just don't. The the problem with that is, though, these people are in denial. They they don't want to face this fact that these were Trump supporters uh, who were destroying the Capitol. They want to blame it on everybody else because they can excuse and not take any responsibility and accountability. And when I talk to these people, they try to say, I said there was no Black Lives Matter. There was no Antifa. There were Trump supporters. And you need to face the fact of what happened inside that Capitol because you don't need to tell me. I was there. It was no Antifa and it was no Black Lives Matter. Okay? It wasn't. They were Trump supporters. And, and, and you know what, Armstrong? It's like I read these books uh, now and they're talking about what happened. And, of course, there is now... Uh, tweets and so many uh, calls that were made to Mark Meadows, the chief of staff from Fox news personalities from his own son, his own daughter, trying to get the president to shut it down. And he sat back and did nothing. He waited. And at that point you had to know he was out of his mind. Yeah. Russ, Russ, what was even worse? He never asked about the safety of his vice president. He never called a check on him. No. Never. That's but, all I need to know. Yeah. I believe in loyalty. Okay. A- absolutely. And you know what? Say what you want about Pence. He's been extremely loyal to a man that's been yeah. highly disrespectful to him. And if w- one of his kids got hurt, you know, it just shocks me that he wanted to have a meeting. Pence wanted to have a meeting with Trump after this all went down, you know, so he can feel better. But that guy doesn't care he was incapable and when you got all your family and and you got sean hannity and laura ingram and everybody calling you saying please stop this and you're ignoring them yes they were telling him to stop his mind yes, they were and we knew that he had some issues but he was caught up he was mesmerized he loved it and that's just my my pure speculation on where his head was but people died, and nobody even thinks about that. Nobody thinks about those police officers that are permanently scarred the rest of their life that were and fighting talk, to save uh, to save Republicans and Democrats. I was talking to one recently, and they were inside the Capitol. A good friend, I had no idea, and he was traumatized, so traumatized he's retiring in January yes. on the anniversary on January sixth. Yes, they're still traumatized by it. Yeah, they just could not believe it. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, the uh, there's a documentary that I saw on the insurrection, one of the most powerful pieces of television I've ever seen. And you're on edge of your seat every moment, and to sit and be able to watch that is disgusting. As Americans, we're, we were disgusted, and, and it's not just that; it's very painful because other countries look up to us as a beacon of democracy, as a beacon of a leader. And for us to be reduced to small uh, to a small country, um, uh, I think the best thing, the best way to put it, is you have these coups that happen all the time in a lot of these places, and they're used to this. You never would expect for it to happen in America. And America would never be the same as a result of it. it never would be the same. 
Let me ask you this, because I've kept you long. Do you think it ever happen again? At the people, and they've been telling me, you know, it won't happen again. No way, it won't. And and I and I agree with that. Do you think, honestly, in 2024, that this man will run again, and that this insurrection will not hurt him at all? He won't run again. I've said that, Army guys, Armstrong and I are friends. But we have not had this conversation. This is the first time we're having this conversation. I don't think he will run for a number of reasons. Can you give me two? Well, he could not stand the fact that he could be defeated in the primary by Republicans. Mm. He just cannot deal with it. That's why he goes after people like um, the governor of Florida, Santos, and others. Uh, he cannot take the insecurity of what people would say about him and the kind of ads that would be running and the kind of people that would turn on him and not support him. He just... He, he's too fragile to tech that. He's just not. There's just no way. He, he likes the power, uh, and he does have power. There are people that he still holds sway over. But in terms, I, I, the bottom line is many people are begging, please don't make me vote for you again. Find somebody better. That's the mindset of many Republicans in this country. Please uh-huh. don't let me vote for this man. Give me somebody better to vote for, and I will. So you've got DeSantis, who tried to be a baby Trump, and Trump has gone after him a little bit because he doesn't want any competition. Uh, do you think that DeSantis is the adjunct leader of silent leader of the party going into the what I've learned about politics? Mm-hmm. And this can go back from the days of Barack Obama um, to George Bush Jr. and all the people that you actually think that's going to be a nominee is not even on the radar screen. They mm. have not even come up around the rear yet. The people that are being discussed now, like Sanchez and others, never, ever get the nomination. It's just like a lot of hype. Just like they were pushing Bush or when he was running against Trump. They were pushing others. No one saw Trump coming. If somebody told you that Trump would have become president, mm. you'd have bet the house, the farm, and everything else in the future. You just don't know. It depends on the mood of the country. Mm-hmm. It depends upon the economic circumstances of the country. It depends on how people, their lives, a lot of people are suffering. Uh, with food shortages, uh, the supply chain is getting better. Fifty uh, percent of it has been corrected. That's a good thing. You have to give President Biden credit for that. Mm-hmm. But you just don't know what what you just don't know. And the Democratic Party is doing everything to make sure that Kamala Harris is definitely not their nominee. They're doing everything they can to paralyze yeah. her, and nobody wants to talk about that. They I agree with nominee. that. I agree with they that. Don't want, they don't want. They know Biden's not going to run again, so they're just paralyzing her to make sure that she's not the nominee. There's a lot going on in this country. There's a lot going on. And, and she kind of knows that, too. And, I mean, that's yeah, why knows, we've been seeing the purge in, in her amongst yeah, her staff. Knows. Yeah, she knows it. They're minimizing they her. It. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and to reality, it's going to be tough, and I, I hate to say this, for a lot of really conservative areas to get behind a black woman to be the president of the United States. We, we can say that, but there's a lot you, more you, going you, on. You know, you don't, not conservatives, you mean Democrats. Well, yeah, Democrats and conservatives. She's got she's no, got two no, devils no. that she's no, fighting. No, no, she she won't even get the nomination. She's not even get out, won't get out of the primary. Won't happen. Well, the only Republican that I like is Governor Sununu, um, and of course he's like I'm not running for anything. Hopefully, he'll change his mind because he's probably one of the few Republicans I would vote for if there's just somebody just totally crappy on the Democratic side. Just remember, we've not heard much from this person that would eventually. Don't forget about somebody like Glenn Youngkin. Who? Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia. Yeah. Well, let's see what he does with Virginia first. 
Uh, that's yeah, what we got to do. You know, they're, all, they're, all, they're all ambitious, brother. Yeah. They're all eyed as white. We just need a moderate out. president. That's all. That is yeah. fair and that can bring the country together. Absolutely. This, this, because you're a Republican, I can't vote for any of your policies because you're a Democrat and vice versa. This, this is what has paralyzed our country. But yeah. I don't think I agree with you 100 percent, Armstrong. I don't think President Trump is. I didn't even think about being primary, you know, going to the primaries, not going through there. I thought that he would get the nomination and his fear was losing the presidency again. That's no, seven million people. Huh? You won't get it. You won't get you it. Won't. Wow. No. All right, mark that down. Armstrong Williams, my buddy from the right side, he said that uh, he wouldn't get he wouldn't get the nomination. He's got to worry about staying out of jail at this point. Armstrong Williams, it's always great talking with you, man. Again, you can you can if you're in the D.C. area, um, your show comes. What is it? Saturdays or Sundays? Because they'll do a repeat. Yes, no Saturdays at ten thirty a.m. and mm-hmm. Sundays on ABC at one p.m. Gotcha. And I've never been on his show, and I know why. It's because Armstrong doesn't like me or my point of view. Oh, please. So, We're going to change that. We're going to change that. It's okay. Whenever you feel like having somebody you guys want to beat up on, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. We're going to have you on, man. You're a good guy. You do a lot of good for a lot of people. You've been at this for a long time. Much mad respect to you, brother. No and um, God bless you and your family. Yeah, and have a great new year, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, take care now. Bye-bye. Of course, that's Armstrong Williams. Armstrong and I go way back. I remember the first time we were on a television show together and I was just blown away by his ideology. And it was my face to face encounter with a surefire conservative, a Republican who had didn't share not one of my views. And we went at it, you know, with a passion. But what we did, we did it with respect we respected each other's position. Totally vehemently disagreed with it, but we respected that. And that's what we lost in America, the ability to debate, the ability to have a difference of opinion. You know, we're not monolithic as black people. You know, we all don't think alike. We all don't vote alike, contrary to the beliefs of many. But Armstrong Williams is one of those kind of guys that, you know, he's, he really truly believes what he's saying. And... I don't want to say that to minimize um, his philosophy, but at the same time, I don't understand it. But, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I do have to say that uh, it's it's always been a pleasure to be able to uh, talk with him and get his point of view because I like to be fair. I love to be fair, and that's what we try to do here. All right, coming up next, we're going to be talking to the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. And, yes, we'll be talking to her in just one moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Russ Podcast, and of course, yes, as promised, we have the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris. How you doing? How are you? I just want to say it's it's an honor to talk to you once again, and I've uh, been promising everybody this morning that we would be talking to you, so thank you for calling. Of course, at this time, we know uh, Senator Joe Manchin has said no, he can't get there uh, to vote on Build Back Better, and it has a lot of us uh, really uh, upset. At this point, I think uh, we're just going to have to get what we can get. But let's just assume that I'm a GOP senator or a congressperson, and I never read the Build Back Better plan. Uh, Tell me what's in it. Well, first of all, you know, look, what all American families know is that the cost of living has been going up 
but wages have remained flat. And the cost of living is really expensive, and for a lot of folks, too expensive. Build Back Better is all about bringing down the cost. It's about bringing down the cost of child care, bringing down the cost of elder care, bringing down the cost of housing, bringing down the cost of prescription drugs. And I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Russ, you know, we, we all have folks in our families, including me, who have diabetes. Mm-hmm. Well, insulin is very expensive. And, and, and for many folks, far too expensive. Build Back Better would say that we are going to cap the cost of insulin to $35 a month. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because too many people have been trying to make their insulin stretch through the month. Mm not getting what they need. And as you know, they are looking at grave health consequences to not take the medication they're supposed to take to keep them alive. So Build Back Better is about bringing down the cost of living. And it's about seeing families and working people for the life that they're living Mm -hmm. and knowing that these essential things like child care, like universal pre-care, affordable and available to everybody. Yeah. And I think childcare is like one of the biggest things that a lot of my listeners like Russ, I would love to go back to work, but if I work, it's going to take up, you know, like 50, 60% of my salary just to pay for childcare. And if you guys take an opportunity to read the plan, you're going to see some benefits. There's so many things that we could get to, but I know we don't have a lot of time. You know, you have some critics that say, well, what about the HBCUs? Is there any relief for us? And I'm looking at almost sixty well, $60 billion dollars worth. We're doing for, well, no, that's absolutely right. And so what we're doing for HBCUs is we're saying that we're going to put $10 billion into our HBCUs. And that's on top of what we did with the American Rescue Plan. Mm-hmm. And that's about, and you know, I mean, I feel very strongly about this as a proud HBCU graduate Howard. from Howard University, the Mecca. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what we need to do is make sure that we are creating in our HBCUs, a path for our HBCU students to excel and compete in the 21st century. So the investment in HBCUs includes investing in their research facilities, investing in their infrastructure. I actually, in the Senate, was responsible for helping to pass legislation that would help upgrade our historic black colleges and universities around just their physical infrastructure, which for so many of them, because they have been around a long time, are falling apart. Mm-hmm. These are the things we have to do. And a lot of what our administration has been focused on is that we need to look inward and think about how do we make the people of the country stronger? Right. And how do we meet their needs based on how they live every day? The infrastructure plan, for example, you know, part of the infrastructure law that we get, got passed, that one piece of it that I'm particularly excited about is on the issue of public transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, Four black people are four times the likely to commute to work than white workers. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that, about when there aren't enough buses or the bus breaks down. And that means that the next bus doesn't come for an hour, which means you'll be late for work for at least an hour. And what that might mean in terms of losing your job, looking at what we need to do to upgrade our public transit systems so that we have more trains on the track, we have more buses, we, we have the, the, the route extend to where people actually live um, and so that they can actually have an opportunity to get where they need to go, both to get their kids to school, to drop the kids mm-hmm. off it, 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 with their grandmother or right. to go to work. And speaking of grandmothers and grandfathers, I, I have an elderly father. Um, in the Build Back Better plan, there are some provisions in there that help out with elder care, correct? That's right. And it's about elder care because, look, 
first of all, we know that our seniors, so many of them have lived a, a long, hard life where they've worked hard, where they have lived with dignity, and where they want to continue to live with dignity. Mm-hmm. So our focus on elder care is about saying, let's put more resources into making it affordable for our seniors to have help at home so that they don't have to move into a, an assisted living facility if they don't want to, right? Mm-hmm. It's about helping them to stay at home and upgrading their home. Maybe they need a ramp because now they're in a wheelchair and doing that so that folks can stay at home or live with their families and have the, the facilities they need to live with dignity. And, you know, we, we all feel that way. I mean, just culturally, I think most people do. We want our seniors, our elders, to be able mm-hmm. to live their later years with dignity and mm-hmm. with support. And, and a not lot of people, send them away. yeah, a lot of people really need help. You know, I'm taking care of my 92 year old father, and that is, it's, it can be a really drain. You don't realize how many resources it takes to take care of an elderly person. I, I do want to say that um, one of the things that I'm really concerned about, because it just seems like the Build Back Better has a little bit of something for everybody. How anyone could take this away from their constituents, constituents is mind blowing to me. But I got to ask you. Everybody's talking about Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin, are we going to be able to present a deal to him that he is going to sign off on? I have to believe that at the end of the day, everyone's going to do the right thing. And Russ, I'm very optimistic because just as we are talking about it, there is so much good that could be done by passing this law Mm -hmm. to make it better for working people, to make it better for our seniors, to make it better for folks who've got diabetes, to make it better for our children. And now is the moment where we have in our grasp an ability to do it in a way that we haven't done it in generations. And so I remain optimistic, but, you know, everybody's got to weigh in and, yeah. and know what's, what's at stake and then weigh in and let let folks know, you know, this, these are the kinds of things we want and need, and we should expect that our government will be responsive to our needs. Vice President Kamala Harris, thank you so much for being on with us this morning. This information is really important. It's good to be back with you, Russ Parr. Take care. All right, you too. Now. Talk to you again. All right, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, y'all, it's time for my rant. Ladies, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I gotta tell what I feel. I gotta take a moment to talk about uh, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. You gotta understand that the way it works up on Capitol Hill, uh, he is just part of the issue we're talking about long-standing policy that whoever puts money in your pocket, you have to answer to them. If big coal, big pharma, and all these people are helping you get elected, you can't vote against their needs. And that's the precarious situation that Joe Manchin is in. He's not thinking about the people in West Virginia, the sixth poorest state in America. He's not thinking about people that need to transition out of coal and into um, new, newer energies. That's because, what's being alleged, he's part owner of a coal industry company. This is tragic. It's tragic because, basically, big business has always run the United States of America, Democrat and Republican. And what's so shameful is you try to set it up like you're so outraged with the Build Back Better plan and the policies, it's too expensive. It wasn't that damn expensive when they put money in your pocket to get you elected. See, we, we know what the deal is. 
A lot of these guys are just crooked. They're grifters. And then you, well, I don't want to pass this bill because if we give a a child tax credit uh, to uh, the people, they're going to use it on drugs. How insulting. So you just assume, because he tried to walk that back and said, well, one of my constituents was talking about her her daughter has been using drugs instead of uh, using the money on the kids. So you're going to punish 350 million people because of what one of your constituents said? That doesn't make sense. We've got one person that is deciding how we're going to live the next couple of decades. And that one person is influenced by people that have put money in their pocket. I don't know about you guys, but you got to be sick of this. Are there any politicians left that have some integrity? I know a lot of people that just love Bernie Sanders. But when you ask him about the NRA money that he's received and what his policies have been against the NRA, crickets. I don't need to go and identify everybody in the Republican Party because that's like 98% of them. Hands are dirty. Pockets filled. F the constituents. But at the end of the day, if Democrats don't get on message and basically say, hey, Joe Manchin, you can do what you want. But, you know, you got the coal unions after you now saying, hey, man, you need to pass this bill. Because essentially he's taking about $12,000 out of your pocket a year. And if you're poor and you're downtrodden, you're having issues. Every little bit counts. That this guy is not thinking about you. He's thinking about reelection. He's thinking about appeasing the people that lined his pocket. So as he wins, we lose. That's my rant. Well, there you have it, y'all. Yes, the Russ Parcast. And I want to thank uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, who is um, very busy and trying to do her part to explain to everybody that, hey, listen, the Build Back Better could be better for you. Do your own research. Don't rely on me. Don't rely on politicians. Don't rely on anybody but your own research. Just go in and look it up. Find out exactly what the plan will do for you. It's just amazing that we have people that are totally opposed to it. One party is totally opposed. Get this. For the well-being of your children, for health care costs, for prescription drugs costs, the whole nine. It's it's an issue. And, And you should find out what's in it for you. Don't make it about politics. Think about your kids that can't make a decision for themselves. Because if they could, you would probably be very shocked. But anyway, do your own research. That's the bottom line. Anyway, join us next week because, yes, we're going to have another exciting show. Um, And, of course, uh, I'll let you know what that is momentarily. Download us, you know, and wherever you can and whenever you can because we would really like for you guys to listen to this program. If you don't want to listen to it, we understand that too. Anyway, y'all take care.